0: Hi, I'm Nicole Haney. I'm a business coach who helps goal-driven business owners build the life and business of their dreams. In this podcast, I share tactical advice on building your business, mindset tips, and inspiring interviews to help you build your business and change your life. This is the Goals and Gratitude Podcast. Kate, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, For those who don't know you, can you just tell us who you are and what it is you do?
1: Absolutely. So um, obviously, Kate Brodick, I lead a team in Brantford, Brant County, and Norfolk in real estate. We have two offices, one in Brantford and one in Simcoe, which is considered Norfolk County. We have 20 members on our team, and we have been the number one team for sales and transaction on our board in Bria since 2015. So, wow,
0: that's fantastic. Fantastic. So, how did you get into real estate then? It was actually something I somewhat stumbled upon.
1: I was uh, originally came from a career in dental hygiene. And through the buying and selling process myself, I became quite interested in the real estate transaction and kind of the business behind it. And I thought, you know what, I think I could do this. I didn't know at the time that it was something that I would flow into full time and end up basically creating this team, but it had my interest. And so I got licensed um, more so to facilitate my own transactions Uh, But within a very short period of time, I really did fall in love with the actual business aspect of it, not just the selling and buying of real estate. So, and then the rest is basically history. actually ended up leaving dental hygiene within nine
0: months. That's not a long period of time to kind of make the decision to switch career paths. So what did that look like? And like, how did you find the courage to make that move? I think it just
1: was an intrinsic feeling. So when I started, I didn't necessarily have the intention to leave my hygiene career. I actually really loved it. I had a great office. I had great patients, but I was working under the wing of somebody else. You need to have a dentist in order to practice. And I think that the creative aspect, the marketing aspect, and just being able to create something that was for myself was a driving force. And I got busy really quickly. And so I kind of came to a crossroads where I had to make that decision to either stay the path that was guaranteed good income. I knew well, so I was comfortable in it. Or I had to take the path of I'm doing good for being newly licensed, but there's nothing guaranteed being an entrepreneur, right? So, and I, I really had a pull towards Making that happen. And I really didn't, it wasn't a choice actually. It was something that I felt I had to do and wanted to do. And that's basically how I changed over.
0: Yeah, for sure. I hear that from a lot of entrepreneurs, just like it wasn't even a decision. Like it was a, more of like a calling. Like this is something that I feel like I have to do in my life. Like I can't not do it and I can't get to the end of my life having not done this thing that's like on my heart. Right. Um, so then what, what did the early days look like for you? Like you jump in, you become an entrepreneur, you're in a totally different industry than you were in before. Right. So that's gotta be a little bit scary and a little bit kind of challenging to just like figure out a new industry and start running a business all at the same time.
1: It is. And I was actually in a completely new city as well. So we had moved from uh, Burlington to the Brantford area at the time. um, My then husband's career was in Air, which is extremely close to Brantford. And so I was actually starting a new business in a new city with no contacts. So it was challenging. And to some people that would probably stop there because it is a lot of unknowns moving into it. Um, But a little bit about my personality is I love challenges and I love goals. And I have the mindset that I am capable of doing anything I put my mind to. So I think the level of uncomfort was actually probably what drove me to do it because I don't like mundane and I don't like easy. I like to challenge myself and I strive for exceptional goals. And so I remember feeling a sense of being like having fear, right? Not knowing if I'm going to make it also moving into a new city, not knowing anybody And real estate is all about people and contacts. And so that was a huge barrier. But I also knew that I had a creative sense. I had a, a sense of what marketing should look like. I saw so many opportunities in the industry, especially where I where I was in Brantford that other people weren't doing. And so I had a lot of confidence that I think I can do this well. I think I can make a difference. I think I can actually be a trailblazer in this industry and bring something fresh to it, especially coming from the GTA where I did see quite a dynamic um, in, in differences between what they were doing out there and what I saw them doing. And then when I came to this smaller town, they weren't doing. So I saw opportunity in that and I just ran with it. So the early days were, I would say, I don't want to say the word scary. I would say that they had a lot of uncertainty, but I knew in my heart that if you put your mind to something and you work really hard and you stay disciplined and committed, that the results should be there right? Um, And I did a lot of learning too. I I watched a lot of other realtors that were top agents in different cities looking to see what they were doing. Um, And I put my own personality onto it. And so I saw results because I was so committed to this decision that those small incremental, you know, I guess, results that happened immediately really gave me the confidence to to keep going with it. And there were lots of times where I wouldn't have a transaction for a month or two in my first year, right? That's scary because you get paid on transactions. But at the same time, I knew that if I just consistently put the day, the work in day in and day out, that eventually those results would, would come to fruition.
0: And they did. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they clearly did because now you're the top real estate agent in Brantford. Is that correct?
1: Right. Brantford and Brant County. Yeah.
0: Wow. That, that's pretty incredible. So how does one achieve such an accomplishment?
1: I think I had an entrepreneurial mindset to start. So I enjoyed strategizing and setting processes for myself. I'm very disciplined. I've been time blocking since I was able to even acknowledge what time blocking was. So I utilize my time very well. I'm very task oriented So I had some inherent qualities that I think most entrepreneurs either have or they need to, in order to work towards becoming an expert at, right? You don't just, you know, wake up one morning and become the number one realtor in an area. You have to take a step every single day, one foot in front of the other in order to gain that kind of success. So I I think that because I'm so disciplined and committed, when I say I'm going to do something, I'm either all in or I I don't want to do it at all. And I think that mentality for me is what really set the tone to within three years actually become the number one agent in an area I had no idea about. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's actually really hard to do. Like what you're talking about, you're making, you make it sound so easy, but it's really hard to show up and have that discipline day in and day out and continue to like build your business. Cause I totally agree with what you're saying. I think there's a lot of people, um, right now that get into business thinking it's going to be a quick win and they're going to be able to be successful within six months or a year. And then they get into it and they slowly start to realize like, oh, that's, not reality. Like this is a business. I'm going to have to build it. It's going to take time to do this. And that's when they start to see that, okay, I have to show up every day. I have to show up every single day and I have to put the work in and I have to do the things that maybe sometimes I don't actually want to be doing in order to make this successful. Right. So how would you say that you continue to show up every single day? Like, do you ever have days where you're just like, oh, I don't want to be doing this right now.
1: I think that's normal. I think everyone has that, right? I think the difference is, is I don't have a fear of rejection and it's really hard to beat someone who legitimately doesn't give up. And I'm, once again, a very competitive person. And I'm not saying competitive against everyone else, competitive with myself. I know that when there's a will, there's a way. I know that mindset is everything when it comes to making decisions and committing yourself to them. And I think the difference is, is there's a start point and an end point. And I think the journey is where people give up. If they don't have that instant gratification or they are saying they're consistent, but they've only done something for a very short period of time, if they don't get those immediate results right away, it's like, well, this isn't working and they give up. It's easy to do that. I think it's very easy to do that. But I think that when you have that drive that, no, I'm making this work, it's what I want, and I understand that I'm going to have 10 steps back in order to have one step forward, I think it's a mindset. And that's, I think, where people fall short, and it's not that they can't do it, but anyone who is stuck in a mindset of um, everything's happening to me instead of for me. I think it's easy to fall back and and kind of succumb to that. Whereas it's like, no, this is happening for me. I'm learning. Maybe I'm failing. Maybe I'm not doing something right, but I'm learning so many ways that I don't need to do something in order to achieve what that successful path is, right? And I held on to that for a long time. I still do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's hard to overcome. But I do love that mindset of it's not happening to you, it's happening for you, right? So Everything in your life and in your business, it's like whether it's good or bad, it's happening for you. So if there's something that's bad that's happening in your business, it's just a learning opportunity, right? It's an opportunity for you to grow and to learn something about yourself or your market or your business that you didn't know before. And so I think having that attitude is so, so, so important for, as you said, like to keep going every single day, right?
1: that's right and and to be honest most successful people encounter more failures than they do success right we only celebrate the successes that's the thing that people notice but they don't see how many times they've fallen down throughout that journey right they only see the big win at the end so you have to understand that it's not going to happen overnight and you're going to have a lot of nights where you're like oh my god yes yeah right right all the time but it's about checking yourself and realizing okay I just learned another way not to do it it's a learning experience right and it's opportunity for growth
0: yeah i heard once that entrepreneurs are not standing on a mountain of success they're actually standing on a mountain of failures because it's like all of those failures are what help you figure out what you need to do it's kind of a process of elimination i was just having this conversation with one of my clients today that like as every time you fail, instead of seeing it as this like horrible thing, like, oh, you showed up and you know, it didn't work out. You can see it as this like amazing opportunity to learn. And now you've learned not to do that thing. You're never going to do it again. You're going to continue moving forward in a better path. Right. So yeah, I think that's really important. So I guess on the topic of failures then, um, have you encountered some failures within your business, especially in the early days where you just felt like this isn't working and like, how am I going to make this happen? How am I going to make this work? What am I going to do to turn it around? Like, did you have any pivotal moments in your business where you really thought I have to change something here?
1: Yeah. And I, I have them, I feel like every couple of years. Right. I mean, again, you have to constantly evolve and eventually those streamlined processes that you have become mundane and someone else is doing something better and you have to pivot and and adapt. I would say early on, uh, I did have um, an unusual amount of business for a new agent. I attribute that to putting myself out there. I do love people. That's why I do believe I did well in this. Um, but I would say that one of the biggest failures I had was trying to take on too much myself. And I put off hiring that assistant at the beginning because it costs something, right? And then you're responsible for somebody else's livelihood, you're responsible for them putting the food on the table. Well, what if something happens to the market? It's that fear, right? It's that negative self-talk. What, well, what if, what if, what if, what if? And so it probably prolonged that an additional year. And at the time I had a two-year-old. So obviously oh, wow. I was busy in So I just had a baby. He was a toddler. So mom life kicks in too, right? So now you're trying to juggle not only just this, this business that's on this upwards trajectory, but you're also Dealing with a family life too, right? Your personal life. And I think, had I hired the assistant about a year sooner, I'm not saying I'd have more success, but like inside intrinsically, I would have felt a load off. And I think that that's where mostly women, there's a stat that 50% more men hire help more or ask for help or hire help more than women. I actually talked about this with Kathleen Black at her coaching system, that women tend to take it all on, right? We're the ones who like, we bear the load on our shoulders, whether it be at home life or work life or whatever it is, we can do it. We can do it, right? And I think that I wasn't, I wouldn't have wanted it for more success or more transactions. I would have wanted it for more peace of mind and calm. So having a more balanced life would have, that would have attributed to And I I always come up to that pivotal moment. It's funny, every couple years, I have that again, I have three boys now, uh, ages nine, soon to be six, soon to be four. So I have small family in terms of age. And so I find that, you know, anytime I added an additional member to the family, it's like your, your plate starts to become more full, right? And so I find myself, um, I think when you're in a mindset or a whirlwind, of there's so much to do, there's so much to do, there's so much to do, you, te- you tend to take it on instead of leveraging it out. And every so many years, that same failure hits me in the face. You've, you've got a team. They're capable. They're actually experts in their departments. They're fantastic. They can handle this. I end up having to have that realization again of, you know what, I'm overwhelmed right now. And it's not because I want more transactions. It's because I need more off my plate. Because also as women, you know, we need a little bit of downtime too. For sure. Uh, With the kids, without the kids, sometimes solitude is nice. (laughs) For sure. Uh, It is, right? So I'd say that that failure seems to stick its ugly nose up every single time when I start to burn out or I start to take on too much. Last year was a perfect example of that. I um, opened two offices uh, and they ended up opening pretty much at the same time. So I had a full nine months from January to September of opening these offices, plus, you know, running my business, plus, you know, coaching the team. And uh, about May or June, I literally sat back and thought, I feel like a decade has gone by because I'm I'm losing time, right? Yeah. And so that's when I had to really um, redo my business and my uh, licensed assistant, who's in my opinion, the best on the planet, uh, her and I had set some boundaries up for myself on what needed to be passed off and what was uh, pivotal for me to take on. Um, and, and we did that. And you know what? You feel this weight off your shoulder when you realize that parts of the business you're not as good at as someone else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and someone
1: else can do it more concise, they yeah. can do it in a more timely manner. And everybody's happier. Yeah. Right. I, and I think also, as women, you, you may agree with this, but I find that you don't want to burden others. My, my biggest thing is saying no, I hate saying no, I'm a yes person, I, I never want to put onto someone else's plate, because I always am cognizant of their family life and personal life. But it actually gives them a sense of um, fulfillment to know that, they too can succeed in their position, they too can handle responsibility. And it gives them an opportunity to grow as well. And so my um, actually my coach, um, I have a real estate coach, I call her more of a life coach. But she has really ingrained that into me that, you know, putting something onto somebody else doesn't mean that you're burdening them, it's meaning them that gives them an
0: opportunity to, to step up to the responsibility, and that makes them feel good. Yeah, absolutely. People want to help, right? They want to have that same sense of achievement. Like, I think we all want that in our lives, having some level of achievement. And so as employers, like just making things easy on our team isn't always necessarily the best direction. Like they want, as you were saying, they want to have that challenge. They want to be able to feel accomplished in their work, right? I remember, um, so I had had an energy bar company, uh, prior to doing this. And I remember in my energy bar company, my, um, production team actually saying to me, like, let us take some of this stuff off of your plate. Like you're trying to develop new recipes and new products and do all these things. Like, let us help you. Like, let us do this. And it literally, cause I'm the same way. I'm totally a yes person as well. And I don't want to burden other people like you were saying, and It took them coming to me and literally asking me to give them more responsibility for me to actually say like, oh, they want this. This isn't me like overburdening them. This isn't me giving them too much or more than they can handle. Like they want this challenge. And so, yeah, absolutely. This is gonna make my life a million times easier, right?
1: And it also proves that you have the right people, right? that's a big one. Um, You know, during these transition periods that I've had throughout my career, I've been very fortunate to have, in my opinion, some of the the best, I have women on my staff, if I had men, I would say the same thing, but the best women, and they're the first ones to come to me and say, what can I do to make this easier? Give it to me. Yeah, give it. to me." And actually, Carolyn is one of those people. And I completely attribute the opening of both of our offices to her. She silently stepped up and was starting to take on projects because she knows how I am. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And it's like, no, yeah. we, no we're not going to get to it, Kate. We're going to do this now. And I'm going to take the lead on this because you trust me and you know, I can make those good decisions. And the truth of the matter is, is I do. It's not a lack of trust. It's a lack of, of wanting to over or burn someone out or, or overfill yeah. their plate. Right. So, yeah. but then when you have people like you just stated, it's, they have that sense of accomplishment right purpose. I'm here and I'm I'm helping and I'm I'm creating this success as well. I have a hand in that. And people really do inherently value that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I I also think as entrepreneurs it's so hard for us to get to that place as well, right? Because like you do have to have trust. I do think the trust piece is so 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 important because for myself and I hear this all the time from other entrepreneurs like People feel like this is my baby, though. Like this is my thing that I started and I've been nurturing it since the very beginning. And I've been doing all of these things. And so how do you build that trust with your team that you can feel comfortable taking something off of your own plate and handing it over?
1: I think performance. You know, I think every element of trust has to have a bit of history right? That history of showing up and doing a great job, showing up and showing that, you know, you're willing to give it your best and give it your all, even giving that extra. That's a big one for me. You know, I really honor and am grateful for people who don't just work within the confines of their job description, that they go above and beyond. They do the little extras. Attitude is a big one for me. You know, you you can have a person who does all of that, but moans and complains about it. And then you can have somebody else who brings that energy to the room, that, that enthusiasm, that positivity, that great mindset, that growth mindset. And I, I really celebrate that on our team. And I, I always have had such a great staff for the most part. Um, and I think that when someone shows up and does that without being asked, and there's a bit of a history there and a consistency of doing that, you naturally trust them to do it right. And then as you add little bits of, of tasks onto their plate and they, they still do that and they still perform. And I think that that's where trust um, really comes into play is that history of consistency with it.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. I completely agree. I had one um, team member on my team and she was actually the first person that I hired. And she showed up every day. She showed up early. She would do tons of things without even being asked to do them. She was just like, I saw that this needed to get done. And so I just went and did it. And I trusted her with my life, like with my life, with my business, with everything, because I just knew that she was all in. I knew that she had bought into the business. She had bought into what we were doing. She actually cared. And so it wasn't just a paycheck for her. Like she actually was showing up and caring about what it was that I was trying to do with that business. So I feel like that's a big part of it, right?
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah. So then what would you say? Because leading a team of people, like, yes, it does. Absolutely. Like the staff have to show up on their end, and they have to show you that they are putting in their all. But then also from our end, I feel like it's really hard to learn how to be a good leader. I feel like a lot of us as entrepreneurs really underestimate this because we do, as you were saying, you get to the point where you're just taking on way too much stuff and you're overloading, you're piling it up over and over and over again. You get to the point where you're just so burnt out and you're like, that is it. I have to hire somebody. Like I need to get help with this, right? And so you do, you hire someone, but you really underestimate what that looks like what the employment relationship looks like and what it means to truly be a leader and so what would you say are the important qualities in being a successful leader and like how have you kind of developed those over the years
1: um i i have no problem saying that i am so ha- like proud of the growth i've done because i would not have called myself a great leader 8 years ago I was navigating employment and other agents, um, different personalities, different ways of doing business. And I didn't have necessarily a background in that from an employer standpoint, right? And I look back then and I kind of cringe a bit because I didn't know how to communicate well. And it's not that I couldn't communicate with everyone. I couldn't communicate with different personalities because I am a very black and white no fluff, direct type of person, right? So I am not easily offended, um, by constructive criticism or differing ideas, but other people are. So you have to communicate with people how they receive communication, right? So when I started doing courses on disc, which was a big one, personality profiling, I started to realize that I was doing it all wrong. And the way people were speaking to me wasn't how I was receiving the information because I communicate differently. And so I have had a really big growth growth spurt in this over the last three years. And I've really looked at myself because I think that's the big thing. It, it's not about the other people. It's about how you perceive them. Right. And how they want to be loved, how they want to be communicated with, how they want to be disciplined or at least understand being disciplined, how they understand conflict and communication is, in my opinion, the single one thing that breaks down a company or a team or whatever it is. Right. And so I would say that I have focused so much on my communication skills and understanding people Rather than just expecting them to adapt to the way that I communicate how I give and receive information and that has made the world of difference it's actually made me really appreciate different personalities, because everyone is different right and we need it's, it's in my opinion it's our obligation to understand the person that we're talking to, so that we can communicate effectively. And so I've done a lot of courses on uh, discommunication. I've done a lot of course in, courses in personality profiling. Um, I've got my own coach now in real estate. I have a coach for the team. Um, I used to get really frustrated when I was repeating myself. But the thing is, is I was repeating it in the same way. I was giving them the same information with the same tone, with the same, you know, um, ideas. and And I felt like it was falling on deaf ears. And it was. Because I wasn't communicating to them the way they needed to be communicated. And that was my fault. That was my error. Because as a leader, you need to understand that you're not going to have the same person walk into your office as an agent or a staff member. You have to cater to them in order for them to have a safe working environment where they feel like they can be seen and heard. So that was probably my biggest, one of my biggest things to say about anyone who's leading a team or leading a staff or managing. You need to have the communication skills and the patience and also to be able to offer solutions instead of just focusing on the problem. And that was another big area of improvement that I've undergone in the last five years is, you know, you can't condemn people or persecute people or make the conflict worse than what it is. If there's a challenge or an issue in the office, you have to be able to offer solutions and talk it out. And communicate to them in during like or sorry with their communication style. And I would say those three things uh, have been the biggest but most rewarding, um, I guess, roadblocks that I've had to overcome as a team leader.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like people just want to be heard, right? They they want to feel like they're actually being heard when they communicate with us. And it's so interesting because I feel like for most of us as entrepreneurs, we have also been employees at some point in time, right? And so we can, but we, for some reason, we just don't relate it back to our own experiences. But when we think about ourselves as the employees in previous jobs, and we think about like, okay, you know, what did I want in that job? What did I truly need from my employer in those moments? It really, I think, helps us to empathize with our employees, right? Yes. Listening is a yeah. big one. You yeah. have two
1: ears and one mouth. Yeah. Yes. Right? Listen For more. sure.
0: A hundred percent listening, listening to what your employees need and then actually like acting on it as well, right? Taking action. So it's so interesting because when I started Boho. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, you know, I'm just going to be the best employer ever because I felt like I had a string of really, you know, not great bosses in the past. And I thought I'm going to be the employer that I never had. I'm going to be so good to my employees. I'm going to give them so many promotion opportunities to work their way up and just like really give, give, give. And I I think that's a great kind of mindset to have, but at the same time, I, I went through exactly the same process as you. I went into it with all the best intentions of wanting to create this incredible workplace, but really not having those communication skills and not being able to hear my employees, what they were saying, when they were saying it, and communicating with them in the ways that they needed to be communicated with. So it really did lead to like a breakdown of that communication. And I had to learn, you have to learn pretty quickly how to kind of fix that problem, right? Or you are going to have a complete breakdown of your team.
1: It is. And I think there's um, a bit of ego that was involved with me as well, because I had come from this single agent who, you know, came into a new city, became the number one in transactions and volume after three years, started growing a team. And I feel like I had something to prove, which is ridiculous when you think about it, right? So I had this thing to prove and I constantly felt like I had to prove myself as this leader, but the only thing you need to do is lead by example, you know, show up every day the way you want them to show up every day, listen when they're speaking, you know, offer solid solutions and advice and just pave the path for a healthy, positive culture. And I find the rest kind of starts to fall into place. And you're able to then build on your foundation. And I I mean, I don't wish that I would have done that from the get go, because it was a huge learning curve for me as well. So I, I mean, obviously, there was a huge opportunity for growth in myself. And I needed it, I really did need that I needed to be pinned down with hard years, I needed to you know, lose agents or gain agents or lose staff or gain staff in the way that it happened in order for me to be able to look intrinsically and say, you know, where did this go wrong or or where, where did this go right? Um, and being able to really sit back and look at the situation with um, an open-minded eye and being able to accept the faults or the the things you didn't do so well and work on it. So I'm, I'm grateful that it happened. I think it's brought my team and myself a long way. Um, But it is something that I think that most leaders or management or whatever struggle with at the beginning, because you have that sense of like, I need to prove myself, right?
0: I, yeah, I need to prove myself and come in and be the, the boss, right? And tell people what they need to be doing. And I feel like there's that mentality of like tell, tell, tell people what to do versus like talking to them and having it be a two-way communication. Like, yes, your employees need to come in and get the job done for sure that you've hired them for, of course. But at the same time, if you don't have that two-way communication, you're going to find it really hard to motivate your employees to do anything, right? I agree. Yeah. And so what would you say, um, what are some of the tools that you've used in the past to motivate your employees to kind of show up and do a good job? Or do you think that it's more so just based on this kind of communication piece that if they feel heard, they're more motivated?
1: I think that's a part of it. But I also think that doing agent and staff stretch projects, so involving them in the business, right? In order to have success, you need people. And I, I hate this term, but it's the only thing I can think of right now is buying in. Yeah. You have to buy into the values of the company. You have to buy into the mission of the company. You have to buy into the purpose of the company and how we do things. And in order for that, you need to have a voice you need to be engaged in the processes of that business. So we have like, the, I just came from today. That's why I was a few minutes late is we have workshops once a month and we have our agents lead each work workshop. And so instead of having me stand up there once a month, every month, listening to the same thing, we get the strengths of our agents. So then that we they, they can teach their fellow agents and their staff, something that they're really strong at and it gets them involved. It gets them engaged. It, it, brings about a certain camaraderie which is fantastic and it also shows that we can all learn from each other i'm a big believer that if you try to teach someone you're learning yourself right there's so many things that you're passing off to one another i have incentive programs so you talked about that so i think incentive programs brings up that bit of competitiveness and drive right it's fun we keep it healthy Uh, for both staff and agents so I think you know giving them goals to work towards and then like here's a carrot for that big goal if you get this this is an incentive program you know that's something that kind of motivates them to push forward and do a good job But I think it's a collaborative effort um, on any team to feel engaged and to have a purpose on the team that they're also contributing to the success, right? Nobody wants to feel like just an employee or just an agent. They want to feel like a sense of community and culture. And that's a big one. And I've really grown to appreciate that over the last like three or four years on how imperative that is to feel like you're a part of something more than just a job.
0: I feel like everybody needs that in their lives, right? We all need, like you're talking about having these big goals and the incentives for those goals. And I feel like that applies to everybody, right? Like entrepreneurs as well. I feel like we all, you know, in January, we all set these massive goals for our business, for the year, and we say, this is what I'm gonna accomplish in 2023, right? And that is what drives all of us. And then there's also this kind of like idea of the bigger goal and the why of like why you're doing this. Um, And I think that drives a lot of us as well, kind of in the long term sense. Do you have kind of like that long term, like, you know, 20 years from now, this is what I want it to look like? I do. I have some
1: shorter term goals. So like three to five years, which is still a long time. Like we do our monthly goal setting in December of the, the year for the pre for the next year coming. But then I, of course, have my own goals for the business. And I find that the closer that I move towards those goals, the clearer they become. So your short term are the things you fixate on for the immediate future, right? Those are things that you're really hounding, but you need to have some kind of a vision board of, you know, what does 10 years look like from now? What does 20 years look like from now? And even though you may not have a very clear, concise path, To those future goals you need to have the vision of what you're looking for what you're walking towards and then you need to reevaluate them on a yearly basis and we do do that and i find it keeps people on track but there is an element of intrinsic motivation that needs to come with that Mm -hmm. um speaking on behalf of the agents especially it's really hard to see a big goal if you don't have the intrinsic motivation to to take the necessary steps to get there but I find that when you have a healthy, positive, supportive culture and community that you feel very a part of, you have purpose through you know, stretch projects that you lead that's contributing to the growth of the team, that intrinsic motivation bubbles up a lot more, right? Because you have purpose. And I think that that's so important and something that's so overlooked in any team environment that people will say, and I was very guilty of this, like you, it, you just have to want it yourself. You just have to want it yourself. But it's so hard to want it yourself as a parent when you've got kids at home, maybe someone's sick, you know, maybe, you know, uh, school was out for the two years in the pandemic. How do you find that intrinsic motivation? If you don't have the culture, you don't have the community, you don't have a personal contribution to the growth and development of the company. It's really hard to pull that intrinsic motivation out yourself. But if you have all those other things and support and culture and community and you're contributing to the growth, that intrinsic motivation becomes a lot more of a powerful tool to use.
0: Yeah, for sure. Cause you don't want to, you don't want to let the team down. Like if nothing else, even if you're having a bad day or a bad season, right. It's like, you still feel like I have to show up because this is my team. This is my community. This is my family. And like, they're depending on me towards this goal that we have. And I feel like there's something so important about having that clarity. So I think it's really cool that you do that as a team in December, sitting down and kind of having that clarity over like, this is what we're trying to achieve this year, right? And so then all of the the team members know like this is what's driving us for this year. This is what we're moving towards because how can you strive towards a goal if you don't really know what the goal is or if it's a constantly moving target, right? So I feel like that is something that's really, really important is having that clarity.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah. So then um, last question, and I know this is a big question and it's going to be very ambiguous, but I'm going to ask it anyways. What would you say as, as an entrepreneur who has been an entrepreneur for many years now, growing and building your business and building your team, what would you say is the best piece of advice for someone who is starting out today right now? Set clear goals.
1: Reevaluate the strategy so the the journey that most people fail. Reevaluate the journey every 60 to 90 days. Hold yourself accountable, but also don't forget about the intrinsic part of yourself. I find that we lose that why when we're so focused on, I got to do this. I got to do this. Well, why, right? Always come back to that. Why? And that's really what set my business apart. I think from most is because when I realized that when I was acknowledging my why and my values and it aligned with the goals that I had, it made the journey so much easier to do on a daily basis. Setting clear goals is something that I think most people can do. Like, I want to sell this many houses. I want to make this much money. I think that the alignment of values to that goal and what you truly want is where people miss out. And that's why they fail. I actually did a time blocking workshop about um, two weeks ago. And that's my genius is time blocking. I have to have three kids and I run this business, two offices, a team, have my own stuff that I have to deal with family friends. And I said, you can't expect to sell 50 houses in a year and work 15 hours a day in order to get that. Because you've got your children, you've got your spouse, you've got your personal life, you've got your self care, you've got children's activities, you've got all these things. So if you're doing your schedule, and it you'd have to be working that much time in order to get that goal. Your values aren't aligning. You're going to fall off the bandwagon. You have to make a very clear cut value system of what's most important to you. And you have to align your goals with it because if they don't align, you're not going to gain the success that you seemingly want.
0: Right. A hundred percent. And that's such a great tool to use because I feel like, yeah, time blocking is a game changer also. Like total game changer um in terms of like managing your schedule but also like what you're putting into those blocks matters right and like keeping an eye on that i think that was something that i really struggled with in the early days of my business as well because i was working those 16 17 hour days and that was my entire life unfortunately for about 5 years i was just like grinding it out and As soon as I stopped, like I realized exactly how burnt out I was because I hadn't made the time in my schedule for anything that like you're saying that I value or that I love and putting in time to like spend time with my husband and go on dates and spending time with my family and doing all of these other things like having any hobby outside of my business was like not on my radar at all. And yeah. so I do think it's really important to learn how to kind of have boundaries around your work life and incorporate those things into your schedule and like making them non-negotiable. That's worked really, really well for me is putting in like date night and having it be non-negotiable as as much as an appointment with a potential client would be. Right? Exactly.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And that's the big thing. Like. And I love that idea of boundaries too, because, you know, I speaking to new agents are like, I love work. I just want to work, 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 work. I'm like, that will catch up with you. Yeah. And and you may not see it now because you're enthusiastic and motivated and ready to go. And I, I remember that I still feel like I'm that, but I also remember the time where, you know, I had that fear of missing out and I did miss out on, you know, aspects of my kids growing because I was busy in work or, you know, missing that anniversary party or missing that date night with your friends or missing that date night with your spouse. And it's like, those are the things that refuel and recharge you in life. Those are the things that bring that joy and fulfillment. Those are your values. And as much as you have to sacrifice in order to gain momentum and success, be very choosy with what you sacrifice. Because those could be the things that actually drive you into being a happier person, a more positive person. Like I I sit down and I have a conversation with my best friend. I feel like I'm all of a sudden like ready to go again, right? A clear mind, my heart is full, things are, are looking good and I'm feeling fulfillment. And so I always, I always tell new agents, it's so good that you're so motivated right now, ready to get go, but don't give up what's important because you'd be shocked at how much that fuels your business
0: when you're fulfilled. Yeah, absolutely. You have to have that downtime. You have to have those things that recharge you so that you can keep going and keep pushing forward, right? Somebody said to me recently, like, why why, we're not doing this in order to work our lives away? Like, that's not why any of us got into entrepreneurship, right? That's not the dream. The dream is not to be working 17-hour days, grinding it out 24-7, Right? Like, why are we doing all of this? We're doing this so that we can have a better life for ourselves. And part of that better life is spending time with family and spending time with friends and doing things that you love doing outside of your work as well.
1: Yeah, it's easy to lose sight of that, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that if you can ground yourself and hold those values against your goals and keep constantly checking back to make sure that they're aligned, I think that's when you have that entrepreneurial dream that everyone wants, right? That freedom that you're, you're making something for yourself. You have this purpose, but you also have that harmony in your personal life as well too. Right. So, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Okay, Kate. Well, um, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. Now, if people want to find out more about you, um, where can they go to connect with you?
1: I would say Instagram is probably the easiest. So it's my handle is agent, A-G-E-N-T dot Kate, K-A-T-E. For the team page, it's at the Kate Brodick team. And then we also have Facebook and other social media platforms, but that's probably the best one to use.
0: Awesome. Sweet. Thank you so much, Kate. This has been fantastic. Yes, of course. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I am looking forward to seeing you all in the next episode.